We are back with another episode of our COVID-19 mini-series. I'm Matt Hayes, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob May. Hi, everybody. And we are here with Fred, Fred Magnamimi, uh, who is the founder of Luca and Danny. How are you doing today, Fred? Good. That was a good pronunciation. So, uh, so kudos. That's a, there's a lot of vowels in that last name. Yeah, you know, we're working hard on it. And so, you know, why don't we get started um, by telling the audience a little bit more about kind of the brand uh, and your story and, and what you do, um, and we can kick it off that way so they can learn a bit more. Yeah, sure. So, so Luke and Danny, we're a, a relatively young uh, jewelry brand. We're actually based out of uh, Cranston, Rhode Island. Um, our you know, our, our real shtick is, is, uh, this message of embrace the journey. And so, so we believe, and I'll tell you a little bit about my story in a second. Um, but we believe that, um, this, this notion of embrace the journey, the journey is actually life and our consumer base is primarily female. Um, we believe that jewelry is a, a very powerful form of, of self-expression of things that she's going uh, through in her life. And what we've, um, what we've built over the last couple of years is this inspirational, aspirational brand. Um, we've got a great community. We've got about 600,000 followers on social media. Um, and it's really about creating this community that has sort of the same, uh, you know, vision uh, of things that they're going through in their life. And the jewelry is is simply uh, an expression of, uh, of those things. Um, the journey for me started with um, actually losing a younger brother to, uh, to cancer. I had a, a younger brother, uh, Danny, who passed away in April of 2013. Um, we were separated by 18 months in age. Um, he was young. He was 33 years old. And before that, um, I was pursuing a, a career in investment banking. Um, I'd spent nine years at a hedge fund and then spent two years working at uh, Citigroup and a quant group. And, you know, my brother's journey with cancer and, and really fighting to have a second chance in life changed the prism of how I viewed my life. And it, it called me back to my family's uh, manufacturing business. So my grandfather actually started a manufacturing business in the fifties and was called back to try to, you know, do something in his memory and, and through, um, through a bunch of trials and tribulations and supporting myself with a great team. We've, um, you know, we're building what we think is the next great uh, jewelry brand. So Fred, why do, so, so what makes Luca and Danny different? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. So, so one, I think, I think we, we understand we have a singular focus on the consumer, which I think is, is you know, it's, it's easier said than done. And particularly in the jewelry business, there's a, a lot of thought around design, um, a lot of ideology from designers and product people. Um, and oftentimes there's not a, there's not a, a laser focus on, on the consumer. And so I lead a, a very talented design team and we have what I call a maniacal focus on understanding, you know, what the consumer wants from us. Uh, understanding that the, the role that we play in in her life and trying to balance staying in our lane uh, versus pushing innovation. So I think on the brand front, you know, we've and, and, and brands are brands are tough. It takes you know, it takes a little bit of time. Probably very different than some of the other portfolio companies that you guys look at. And it takes time to understand. There's a lot of trial and error. It takes time to understand what the consumer wants and and you know, by default, what you have permission uh, to to sort of speak to her about. So I think we're actually at a stage where we understand that in a very clear way. And we're, we're developing really, really great product into that. The other side of our business, um, and this goes back to the family heritage. It's, I mentioned sort of my grandfather starting a, a factory in the, in the fifties. Um, you know, I've got, I'm third generation jewelry. We've got a, a factory here and, and I'm the, the third Magnanimi um, making, making jewelry. And we're, we're a really, really good manufacturer. 
And so our business, and I think it's one of the things that was appealing to you guys is, is really interesting because it's fully vertically integrated. Um, we, we have the ability uh, with our factory here in a, a very localized supply chain in, in Rhode Island and Massachusetts uh, to rapidly test and iterate products, um, put the power of choice through a lot of the, the social media tools, uh, mainly Facebook and Instagram, um, and, and basically react to what our consumers are looking for, which is very different than I think how typical jewelry companies um, go out to market. So for us, that's our edge, speed, flexibility, fluidity is our weapon. Um, and I think with COVID, you've never seen it become more more relevant. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting, Fred, that you mentioned that you know you building a brand takes longer than um, than maybe some of our other companies because one of the things that we always point to. Uh, particularly if there's entrepreneurs listening to this or something I always tell entrepreneurs is every entrepreneur envies pieces of some other entrepreneur's business model, right? Because what, what you find is like, there just, there just aren't very many business opportunities. They're like once in a generation opportunities to like grow fast in a huge TAM with low capital, right? And so what you find is these trade-offs between like building a brand might take longer and take slower, but like it's so powerful once you get it going, right? And then it's, uh, you know, harder to tear down, um, so one of the questions I have for you uh, is, you know, I uh, I've heard that like the the quarantine and, and having people home has actually been um, you you guys are maybe a company that's benefiting from some of the quarantine and things that are that are happening, uh, which is maybe a little bit unexpected for for people listening. Is that true? Yeah, um, c- certainly for the for the business in, in in general. I mean, we've seen uh, what I would call explosive growth. We're seeing you know holiday like like sales. Uh, Mother's Day is typically a, a a big holiday. You sort of have this confluence of events of Easter, Mother's Day, and graduation kind of all happening at once, um, and it's far exceeding any of our expectations. I mean, we, we to, to be completely candid, I mean, we can we basically can sell as much as we can produce, and the bottleneck is going to be how many um, units we can produce given the the issues with COVID. We've seen the e-commerce side of our business absolutely explode. We're up 140% for, for April uh, versus last April. We had a, we had a very good uh, April last year. Um, we're throttling back ad spend. We're throttling back to things that create demand um, just simply because, you know, we, we're production is we have, a, we have only so many pieces that we can create. Um, the wholesale side of our business, as you can imagine, we, we sell into a couple hundred retailers. I mean, that side of the business is closed. Uh, stores are closed. That's come to a grinding halt. Um, TBD on, on how it emerges. I think it's it's a very fluid situation. But I think this is, you know, on all levels, I mean, you're doing a lot of conditioning with consumers. Um, you know, I have three little kids, and so they're, they're learning on Zoom. They're taking dance class on Zoom. People are, are starting to really embrace the digital tools. Um, people still need to consume things, and they're finding that the e-commerce aspect of things. I mean, I think this is really where e-commerce is, is having its moment. What, what we've been able to do, which is exciting about our supply chain, is you know we, we were, we're part lucky. We had a bunch of things that I think going into COVID sort of spoke to our, our consumers and things that they experienced during the uncertainty of, of of COVID. So a lot of the inspirational and faith-based pieces obviously did very, very well. We're actually developing, this is really the beauty of our system. We're actually launching and developing products into COVID. So it'll, because of the way the supply chain is built, um, because the marginal cost of making the next style is very, very cheap, um, because we have so much data around what our consumers are asking for, we're able to go and um, develop ideas uh, into COVID to be able to speak to her as she's going through uh, not only sort of the beginning phases of things, but as as we 
emerge back into some some level of normalcy, um, we'll have different pieces that speak to, to that moment in our life. So for us, it's you know, it's I think as a founder of a brand, you know, you you always try to uh, focus on um, you know meeting your consumers and your community, you know, wherever it's 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 most important. And I, I think for us, you know, we've seen people reaching out and gifting these very, very important uh, pieces out to their, to their loved ones. And it's, it's cool to be able to, to be the brand that's doing that. Fred, on the go-to-market side, you know, a large component of your, your business is on the e-commerce side. And, and so that plays well into what's going on in the world right now. How have you, what's been the difference in terms of customer acquisition? I mean, I, we've talked at Nauseam around customer acquisition and how challenging it is just in general. And, you know, we've talked for a long time about, you know, CACs on Facebook going up into the right. You know, what have you seen uh, following COVID and, and how has that changed the Facebook advertising environment? Yeah, I mean, Facebook is, I mean, th- these are you know, sort of back to the glory days. I think this is, you know, for us and for anyone who's involved in e-commerce, if, if you're able uh, to to uh, have supply and you have you have certain products that consumers want, I mean, this is, a for me, it's a once-in-a-generational or once-in-a-career opportunity. We're seeing CPMs, you know, below six bucks. We're seeing ROAS, that's, that's through the roof. Um, you have everyone that's on social media and people still need to consume things and there's, there's less choices. And so I think what we're seeing is all of that traditional brick and mortar uh, consumption um, is, you know, it's, it's not going away. I mean, some of it's dialed back a little bit, but a lot of it is, is going online and, and it's a great way really have people's attention on, on Facebook, Facebook particular, but, but Instagram as well. Um, you know, we're such a visual brand that those are still great tools like like AdWords and some of the other forms of advertising don't work for us. What we're really good at is this combination of product, um, a, a meaning and and sort of the marketing that ties it all together. And so you know for us, we're trying to solve for some sort of emotional connection with something important that our consumers are going through. And, you know, this is the perfect cocktail of just everything sort of happening at once. And, you know, our consumers are really new consumers are, are responding to it in in a really, really positive way. The, the other thing that we do, which, you know, we've got a little bit of like an old school mentality with within the team here. So one of the things we're seeing a lot of is we handwrite um, gift notes. And so you think about a lot of these events, whether it be Mother's Day or graduation or birthdays or um, just simply things of like, I'm thinking of you. So, so the ability for us to really message and having built this sort of infrastructure where we can add these little touches, you know, I think the little details are what separates, you know, people who do things good versus people who do things at an exceptional level and being able to send something to someone with the care and emotion of the messages that you're carrying. I mean, it's never been more relevant uh, than now. And I, I think you see it, you know, you see it in our sales, which is awesome. And Fred, on the on the manufacturing side, uh, for better or worse, <clears throat> people have to make the products. And so, you know, with COVID, how are you, you know, ensuring safety, and how are you thinking about, you know, that on your manufacturing floor? Yeah, I mean, that's probably been the biggest struggle. I mean, I, I think any of our stress test models, if you were to take, you know, a bunch of black swans and throw it into our business, it, I don't think you could have predicted this. Um, so it impacts not only us, but, you know, we rely very heavily on our supply chain locally. And I think, you know, all of us are going through the, the same situation where, you know, first and foremost, the, the safety of our uh, employees is, is paramount. And so um, things take take more time. 
Um, we had a lot of issues around childcare. So, you know, in, in the state of Rhode Island, there's there's no longer you know, the childcare facilities are, are not allowed to be open. And so, you know, we've had to have people, certain people, sales and marketing can work from home, but a lot of the manufacturing stuff, we've had to really think outside the box in terms of how do we keep production going and, and cross-train people so that they can continue to, um, to, to, to stay productive. So it's, you know, it's been a challenging, I think last week was, you know, arguably um, the, the hardest week for me in terms of, of, of running the business in the five years that I've done it. Um, you, 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 you're concerned around your employees and, and you obviously want to capture the demand that the consumers are, are giving you. And so, um, you know, we, we, we talked this morning and, and I, I told my team, I'm like, we, we took the, the toughest punch last week and, you know, we're, we're starting to emerge out of it. We're, we're figuring out how to adapt the supply chain in ways that we, we never thought, um, we're helping our local vendors to make sure that they're, you know, able to continue to, to, to produce. Um, and so I think it's, you know, it's, it's forcing us to be innovative and, and think outside the box and, you know, we're choosing to. Um, look at glass half full and really in, in, in embrace the innovation and, and, and try to keep things uh, keep things moving forward. So for us, it's been it's been good. It's been a good challenge. Um, so Fred, I'm interested. How going through this experience and thinking about the pandemic, like what do you think are the changes that um, that will stick with your business sort of forever going forward? Is there anything around like you know are you going to be more virtual and more open to that forever? You know, are you going to have a pandemic? plan in case this happens again in four years? Like what, what, what is, what have you been thinking about as a CEO that, that is going to change in the long term? Yeah. I mean, so a, a lot of things, I mean, I lived through the the heart of the 2008 financial crisis, um, you know, the, in a different industry. And so there was a lot of, I think a lot of parallels with it. Um, in most, the good thing about most of these crisis events is that they, they don't ever resemble um, uh, prior crisis events, but I think you just sort of learn to have a calmness um, in the in the middle of the storm in terms of being able to, to, to be a leader. So I think you know for for a lot of the, the people here, I think it's it's taught them valuable lessons around leadership and and just sort sort of staying poised in terms of decision making. Um, I think for us, it's really put I think a good emphasis on you know particularly a lot of our lower paid employees that are highly skilled at at production. I think as a as a result of this, I think it'll in a good way, it'll probably put a little bit more visibility on the importance um, of them. I, I think you'll see that with a lot of it, what we're calling essential workers that are on the front lines that uh, we, we typically take for granted. Um, we'll look at our, you know, we'll look at our supply chain and make sure that um, we're, we've got contingency plans with, uh, with 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 vendors. And I think we're, you know, we're more open to remote style working. I mean, my viewpoint, I've got a couple friends that are in the, the medical profession. I mean, we think aspects of COVID are certainly with us through um, the remainder of 2020. There's there's a camp out there um, sort of growing drumbeat uh, that COVID plus flu, seasonal flu in, in the fall could actually be worse. The second wave could be worse than the first wave. Um, and so I think we're, we're just going to have to live with some of the new normals and sort of take it day by day. But I think in many ways, this, you know, many ways it'll structurally change our business. In some ways, it's, you know, this is kind of the, the team that we built here where we take the punches, we roll with it, we adjust. And we, um, again, looking at the positive aspect of things, we really try to take a position of like, how, how does this event cause us to think a little bit differently and better the, the business um, on every single level? And so we'll, we'll go through that process. 
Cool. Um, that's great. <clears throat> well, uh, do you have any more questions, Matt, before we wrap up? No. Well, Fred, thanks for coming on. This has been uh, this has been very interesting, I, I think, and helpful. And I think it's always good to hear, you know, about startups that are thriving through um, you know this coronavirus stuff and and everything that's going on. I think uh, I think I give hope to a lot of entrepreneurs out there um, and just to a lot of people in general that you know we're all we're all hoping the the economy really recovers as fast as possible. So. Um, so thanks for being on. Uh, those of you who are listening, thanks for listening. And if you have guests you'd like us to, to have on the program or questions you'd like us to ask, send those to podcast at pjc.vc.